On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. So I look at it like this. I'm back. This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer fueled sports show. If we have to take this out, soy for him, it's all out soy. We don't give a baller. Here's your hosts, Rob Christie and Matt Robinson. There it is. We are back inside a little living color cult of personality. That music can mean only one thing. There has been a return everyone's been talking about all weekend. It's obviously not CM Punk. It's obviously not Brock Lesnar or Becky Lynch. It is the return of Tall Can Audio. I'm back from vacation. Rob is back from just ungodly tech hell over the last couple of weeks trying to get back up and running. The Talk and Audio podcast is back for your Monday morning. Like I said, it is the return everyone has been talking about all weekend. How's it going today, man? <laughs> yeah, it's Matt, it's great to be here. <laughs> I feel like a new man. Felt like I never might might never make it back. Honest to God, I thought, you know what? It, I'll be back in studio before before we're ever back. And the way the numbers are trending, yeah. it looks like that ain't anytime soon. So uh, I thought, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna you know hammer throw this laptop out and across the backyard. But um, yeah, back and like I've never been gone. My uh, my time always been substantially more enjoyable, I think, and and we'll get to some of that. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Talk and Audio. You can wow. follow along there. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Um, tell me, man, what are we uh, cracking and wowing about over there? Wow. Um, I'm staying local. Yep. Uh, I'm taking down a little bit of uh, a brute IPA from Whitewater. It's a brute the icebreaker. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so to me, it's so it's a brute IPA and. Uh, 
I was unclear what what exactly a brute IPA was. Right. Um, so I, I looked around, and so you know there may be people out there shouting at the you whatever the yeah. Of course, I know what it is, but a brute IPA. I thought it was a stronger sort of IPA because usually the uh, the ABVs are a little higher. Yeah. It's really a brute IPA is taken from the wine or champagne world. The brute means dry. Okay. And so... Because I would have been with I, you. I would have guessed. It's more yeah. of a well, get I up think and grab you. Right. I think of the Bijou from, yep. from Nita. It's a, it's a, it's a brute. And it's a, his unicorn, he calls it. Yep. Um, it's a 6.5. But anyways, it's dry. And it's meant to be the exact opposite of your juicy New England style IPAs. Completely flavorless is what we're going for. Well, it's it's hoppy. Yeah. And when I when I cracked it, it had that flaccid sound, and that, but yet somehow seemed to foam all over the front of my shirt and my pants. So this now is a this brute. Is, yeah, this is what you get. Well, slob. Anyways, yeah. I'm not sure about a brute, yeah. but uh, yeah. So I've taken down quite a bit of white water up at the cottage. I was drinking uh, the High Tide, which is their New England style IPA. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Highly drinkable, so I'm sticking with the uh, with the white water, which they're out of. I don't know, out by Renfrew somewhere. Just yeah, down the, west of the city a bit, anyway. Yeah, up the valley a bit. Right. Um. So yeah, first pull, it's hoppy and it is dry. So, uh, but it comes in at five percent. So it's it's not really. Uh, it's right in the middle of the road. But mm-hmm. um, I got a couple of these going. So whether I like it or not, we're drinking them. <laughs> what do you got? I, uh, speaking of exact opposites, um, this is the exact opposite of what I expected when I pulled it out of the fridge. It is called the Bob Cajun Bobber. So obviously out of the, uh, the Bob Cajun Brewing Company and it is, um, it is one of their IPAs. I don't believe it's their only one and I hope it's not their only one. Um, obviously it's got the, the look of the, you know, the fishing bobber, right? The, uh, yeah. 2.5%. Have you ever had what? a, you ever had a light IPA? I'm not sure I've ever seen this before. Like, I associate uh, IPAs with slightly higher, even if it's not, like, a brute, like we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the IPAs, I, I don't think I've ever seen one down here at, at 2.5% like that. Well, I think, uh, and Michaela's always talking about Brock Street. Yeah. I think it's Brock Street she likes. Um, I had a session IPA okay. in Brock Street, which was right in around 3%, I think. Yeah, okay. And so, to me, that's the one, if you recall, I believe I pawned off... I had a couple of them. I pawned the second one off on somebody else because <laughs> it, it had that hoppy start, right? But it had like a non-alcoholic finish, and so yeah, I wasn't digging that. What is the finish like on this that you're drinking? Lacking. Um, yeah. Okay. It's uh, it does on that first pull. You do get that kind of IPA sense to it. You like, okay, I see what you're going for, but it's thin. And I guess at 2.5%, like it says right there on the can, I can't slam them for it, but, but that's where you start to lose it is as it kind of rests on your palate. You're like, there's not a lot happening here, right? It's, it's pretty light. So how'd that, how'd that end up in your selections? Just trying to stay local too, man. Sitting down here oh, in, okay. uh, in the Kawarthas, we grabbed up a few things from Bob Cage and a few things from Fenlon. Um, a few things from the old dog here, Brewing Company, which is also new in Bob Cajun. Um, and this was just, uh, next in line as I was working my way through and, it was just before we uh, we sat down to get going, took a look. It's two point five percent. So uh, we had to grab a, a backup bangerang to bring in here when that inevitably doesn't 
make it the entire yeah. distance of the show. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because um, so the, the cottage I was at, I spent two weeks in in sort of Havelock, which east of Peterborough, but home of the Jamboree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which should be coming up like right now or next weekend, one of the two. I think in normal um, times. I don't know if they're doing it. Are they? I don't know. I yeah, everybody's doing. Everybody's doing something everybody's modified. Doing stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, I uh, my sister came out. My sister and and her uh, her partner, the Rye guy. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I said to her, I said, "Well, bring me out. Uh, grab me a couple of uh, something local." Yep. Right. And and, and so. She brought out, I don't know, the first thing she brought out was some of the stuff from the uh, the Publican, which yeah, okay. I'd had, and I, I find it unimpressive. It's a little pedestrian. Yeah, uh, but she brought out a Fenlin. Yeah. And Pete's Lager from Bob Cajun. Okay. What do we so think of be, Pete's Lager? Because I don't think I've had that one, to be honest with you. I have it, I have it in the beer fridge downstairs. Okay, okay. I saved it. I was expecting there to be a Pete's logo on it. Right. But sadly, I think it's Pete, like a guy. So um, no, I don't know if that's lo- true. I was reading. Well, I don't know what the logo is or whatever. But there was some. The the Pete's were. I remember thinking it was odd because it's a junior hockey team where most of your guys uh, le- are underage. Legally, can't drink. But uh, but yeah, it, it was uh, a deal. I remember seeing that. Now that you bring it up, that Bob Cajun was going to have a some sort of a partnership run. Okay, well, I'll take a look at the can again because uh, I looked at the can expecting it sort of to be plastered on the logo, but yeah. no, it wasn't. It sort of had a bunch of stuff like a guitar and a... Anyways, I'll check it out again. All right. You'll keep us posted. Hey, but I, I did bring home something. So, uh... Does, I it, does it burn that. when you pee? Is, does it need to see a doctor? <laughs> maybe, <Is it? laughs> maybe not Maybe not pee, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yes, uh, I, I I had grabbed. I said to uh, there was somebody was making a run in, and and I said, um, you know, grab me up something. You know, you, you know, my beautiful partner. Sure. I said, grab me something that you know I, I haven't had. She's like, oh my god. She goes, I can't get bogged down in all the beers <laughs> that you, you have and haven't had. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm going to be fine with whatever you bring back. Yes. But just bring back something that you haven't seen me drink. Sure. So she brought. Here's back, a Molson I, Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> a, a Labatt 50, which yeah. is, is awesome. Um, but yeah, one of them was the, was the uh, Flying Monkey Juicy Ass IPA. See, I've seen you have that before. Yeah, terrible. Really? I, I, okay. I, did, not, I did not enjoy it. No? Um, but one of the other things that, that she brought back, I had one, and I'm like, okay, this other one has to go to Matt for a, <laughs> for a pod when he gets back, so... <laughs> Anyways, I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you. No teasers, that nothing. No. Okay, that's all right. No, uh, it's, it's 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 juicy though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. So is Matt. So. Uh, <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, yeah. Tell us about it, man. What was the vacation like? This is a different cottage, I think, that you've uh, than you've rented in in past years. But you always kind of get a week or two away there towards the end of July, early August. How was this? Yeah. Ah, uh, the cottage was the cottage was nicer the waterfront was not as nice. Okay. Right. And, and it really comes down to, it shows you how much you value the other one, right. Or you value the waterfront. Mm -hmm. Right. And so different Lake, um, it was fine. It was good. It was all those things. I ate too much. I drank too much. Yeah. Um, That's cottage. And all right. Yeah. And, um, like really like not sloshed hammered kind of drinking too much, but just steady from like 1 PM through, you know, Irish cream in my coffee. (laughs) Yeah. 
couple of beers, maybe a gin through the day, a couple of glasses of wine after day. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like this constant. Yep. And ev- and everybody wants to do a happy hour, right? So you got, you're pounding the chips and you're doing whatever. And <laughs> every night there's dessert. And, you know, you got, when you have, when you have kids around, there's no young, young kids, but you still have, I've lined up a bit of a s'mores competition where I'm the judge. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that's always good. Although the older they get, the fewer entrants I get. And so this year I was down to two, but you know. Yeah. All right. St- still good. Yeah. But yeah, sure. I, you know, I, it's taken me probably four weeks to lose what I gained in the two weeks I was off at the gym. So it's hard. It's hard in the bod. And the struggle is real, Matt. <laughs> no doubt. Um, what about you? What do you got going on? Are you st- I'm You're still back? sitting by the lake. Yeah, no, still okay. sitting here at the cottage. Uh, brought enough gear to do the... Uh, we did the one show uh, with Shrides before we packed her in for a week or 10 days or whatever it was there. Uh, I was already up here then and, and still there now, but... Uh, or still here now. Not sure when I'm heading home, man, but... Uh, we got Maybe the, never. Yeah, we'll see. It's pretty nice. We'll, uh, we got the tech here to, uh, to be able to do these remotely still. It's not quite as polished as it would be in studio, but it's passable, so gonna post up here for at least a few more days i'll tell you man this is where you know as a kid right here maybe i don't know, like a couple kilometers uh from here is where you know we kept our boat when i was a kid and uh, down at uh, on sturgeon lake and i said to my dad at some point here over the last couple of days like because obviously we've been gone since i don't know 98 or whatever does it seem busier to you he goes, no, but it's louder. And that's for sure true. There are way more cigarette boats than there used to be, right? Way more of the, the race boats and uh, stuff like that. And and you still notice it, like, the, the Trent is obviously much busier in general on the weekends than during the week. But just mixed into the traffic, there seems to be more of these race boats than were ever around when we were kids. So there's a little more volume to the traffic that's going by, but... I thought it was kind of cool, man. When I was a when I was a kid, I used to like like even when we were just anchored out or hanging out on shore or whatever to be able to see what was cruising by, right? And and just hey, that's pretty nice. And so so it is kind of cool to be back around that. But uh, after that tiny little lake, and you've been up there to where we were before, um, it was pretty quiet, right? And and there wasn't a lot of boat traffic. You could swim. Well, you did swim for as long as you want, turn around, come back in. Yeah. You know, it's a little different vibe now, so it's taken a little getting used to. But I guess the one thing I would point out, if there is a beef about sitting lakeside every day, and there really isn't, but uh, when we bought this place a couple months ago, you could see there was a concrete slab laid at the neighbor's place where there was clearly about to be a garage. And so every day, all day, there's, you know, it's now going up, it's being framed in, it's being roofed. It's, It's a lot of noise right next door, right? So... Um, that's probably the only, uh, the only thing that w- if you could have a complaint would be, you know, if you guys could knock off early today, that'd be great. Yeah. And they probably well, would if, if, they <laughs> so. yeah, well, you gotta start drinking with them. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's how it goes. Right around lunchtime, bring a case of beer yeah. over or something. Yeah. How's it yeah. going, boys? Yeah. Yeah. Do a couple, do the neighborly thing and then, yeah. then head out and yes. see what happens to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, at your other place, you were also at the end of the lake. Yep. So not only was it not a big lake, but yeah, you're right down with, and you knew the people, you know, sort of down from you. So yeah, it was, you had your own little sort of cove, alcove. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Right. And so, but it's been good, man. Like it's been a long time since I've been able to, 
you know, do something like this, just hang out for a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, um, we could do the show from here, but the show hadn't really had a break since July of 2019. So it seemed like, you know what, just people don't see a lot of the stuff that goes on, you know, in the behind the scenes with you're looking for topics or editing or production or sharing around on social. You're like, you know what, just gonna, just gonna let it ride for a week or so. And we still dropped the, uh, the Dean Brown episode. I wanted to ask you, uh, he recommended a gin. You're a bit of a gin guy. Had you tried the one that he was, uh, he no. was selling? Yeah. No, he hasn't. But, um, uh, I did take note of it. Stein art, I think is what it was called. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's distilled, as he said, was originally distilled for the golf course out there, mm-hmm. which is a, a elite level golf course. There's two, there's two 18 hole courses there. Yeah. Cabot, um, but right? I, I am looking at, um, my mom is a, I was going to say not an aficionado because she'll really drink anything, <laughs> but she is a, a huge gin fan. Right. And so I like to try and, well, we all do, right? All of our offspring like to try and grab her different stuff, right? So um, I have earmarked that for... Maybe a Christmas for, or something. Yeah, or... for maybe a purchase for her. But to me, I, I, I've tried a bunch of different gins, your Hendrix, your Bombay's. I am a Tangeray guy. Okay. The green Tangeray. Like, to me, it's not a... That is sort of your... But it's got a nice bit of snap to it, right? <laughs> so uh, that's that's really what I what I go in for. So goes great yeah. in a fruit punch when you're desperate. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's like when I was living with my uh, the brief period, uh, you know, in transition when I was sharing a condo with my cousin. I had a ten year old, a bottle of ten year black bush or ten year ten year old bushmills, mm-hmm. and I come out and she was drinking it with peach like alan's peach juice love it i'm like what what are you doing these savages in my life (laughs) yeah clearly they're everywhere i'm just looking for a fix (laughs) pretty much (laughs) yeah i get it i get it man um for people who haven't been around that long when we used to record the show just basically on my dining room table rod rob would occasionally leave some uh some gin around and if i'd come home late and was out of everything else like, well, whatever we'll cut this with something <laughs> be sipping on it in fruit punch or gin and pepsi or something it was yeah not great but <laughs> gin, <laughs> not yeah, gin and fruit punch yeah I was all those yeah. in the house, man. Just go to bed. Well, Just go to bed. That, <laughs> that's maybe the maybe the second year we were doing the pod. I was going beer free. Right. That's right. Right. And so many many a stiff gin and tonic. And when there was no tonic, yes. you know, Matt, we yeah. had to go with the Fresca. Gin and Fresca. <laughs> well, and if you recall, back in those days, we'd go across, maybe have a you know pre-show couple of beverages over at the little. Dive, hole, in wall, yeah. hole in the wall down there and I'd ask for a gin and tonic and she'd be like oh we don't have any tonic I'm like what <laughs> so yes Matt would be embarrassed as I would insist insist and then bring my own tonic to the bar or some that you would ask her to go down the, the plaza to the convenience store and see what they had <laughs> is that wrong I still, I'm still so on with where is customer service these days gin and tonic it's not gin and soda. It's not gin and ginger ale. It's a gin and tonic. Um, that was episode 867 where Dean was uh, Dean Brown, the Ottawa Senators broadcast crew. Uh, they're the voice of the, the Senators since their inception. I was far more diplomatic about his uh, gin intake. If, if you've missed that one, um, really interesting guy and, and really one of the, the great play-by-play guys in the league. 
Well, and and he was in studio with you. Yep. The sound was awesome. He's got Between that the, that yeah that baritone right. right yeah yeah but but not just that uh, the two of you um, it it felt natural and and it was good you could tell I I listened to the whole thing which doesn't always happen. No. If, if Rob's it, not it, on, Rob's not listening. And even Rob, sometimes when he is. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm ordering dinner or whatever's happening yeah. here. I'm not really sure. But uh, yeah, Rob loves the sound of Rob's voice. Um, but no, it, it was good. And 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 it's funny. If you remember, and maybe you don't, when the first time we had Steve Lloyd on in studio, mm-hmm. just pre-pandemic, I think. Yep. Uh, Halloween 2019. Yeah. Right. And Lloyd, stuck around for a couple pints afterwards and... And we were talking about, um, you know, the difficulties, difficulty, air quote difficulties of, of sitting down for a conversation with AJ at the time, mm-hmm. right? Because you can have, a, you know, an idea of where you want to go with it, but really you could ask AJ one thing and then AJ's covered three things he's gone. in your, yeah. he's gone. And, and, and Lloydie at the time was like, yeah. And Dean Brown, he said, is another guy. <laughs> Like that. And, and it's true. And I, I, I emailed you when I was listening to the show. And I'm like, hey, you're a half an hour in and you've asked Dean two questions. And, it's and, funny that Rob doesn't think he's one of those guys. <laughs> well, and this is it. I came home and I was telling Joe that. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm familiar and, with the phenomenon. Yeah, exactly. And the guy just talks and talks. And you're like, oh, okay. Self-awareness, not always a strength. Uh, he was a great guest, too. And, and I won't say who, but we did get an email uh, uh, shortly after the Dean Brown show that said it's sort of he goes I, I don't want to inflate your ego too much because I've been involved in one conversation at least that centers around this show has sort of become for lack of a better term you know the cool kids table right there you you people want to get in now as opposed to us banging on their doors and come on come give us a chance there is at least one person that works in that Bell Media building downtown who is anxiously awaiting the invitation. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm not sure it's coming, but <laughs> but I think that's kind of cool. But It's kind of become a badge of honor a little bit that, uh, that people want to get on the show and, and just shoot the shit in a, a different kind of venue than they're used to, right? So... Well, uh, and, and really bad. that's when you talk about, about this 10 day break you're taking and really it is you're taking, I, I, I haven't been on the show since pre-draft. Right. So that's, um, but yeah, you live this, you live this 365, mm-hmm. right. And so, uh, and especially, you know, pandemic times have been your busiest times yep. where everybody Chasing else is sort of, and... everybody else is sort of went, <laughs> and, and really, yeah, you've you've kicked it up a couple of notches, and and it's probably been um, the busiest and and likely maybe the best times for the pod. The busiest for sure. I, I miss the vibes of the way the show's supposed to go, and oh, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and you notice it, and and that's what I had said to you in the in the email about Dean being in was, yeah, it doesn't matter really what you're talking about. It, it's just a totally different vibe. Yes. That conversational vibe comes back into it, right? When, yep. when you have two people in the same room. So not only is the sound quality better, but the sort of camaraderie and the and the synergy is better between the two of you. Well, and I thought we were uh, pretty staunchly on our way back towards it, and we've taken a hard left turn here. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, it does seem to be 
mostly, uh, you know, the, 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 the reflux in numbers here, the bounce back, whatever it's been on Sunday, we're back over 700. It does seem to be mostly amongst the unvaccinated. Um, so get your shit together and, and get on that if that's you still. But, um, you know, maybe when in, in September, maybe it doesn't change our plans of getting back on this. But So you're talking about provincially? Yes. Back up over 700? Yes. Ottawa wow. seems to be holding her, holding it together reasonably well. So Ottawa's always been better per capita than the other big cities in the province. And at the beginning of the pandemic, we've talked about it. I thought that was a, a government thing, right? With how many... Um, people stayed home. Yeah, and we're working from home and we're allowed to do that. I, I'm sort of past that. I think a lot of places are back open again. I don't think that's still um, the reason, but Ottawa does seem to still be doing better than most of the, the big cities in the province. When you look at it, it's now 86% with at least one jab, mm-hmm. 77% fully vaccinated right. of those eligible in this city. Mm-hmm. Those are solid numbers. For sure they are. We'll see what happens here in September. We'll kind of ride this out till Labor Day, reevaluate. That was always sort of the plan, and, and yep. we'll go from there. But, uh, man, you've been the one away for a while. The CFL's back up and running. The Jays are doing their thing. Uh, there's been all kinds of, you know, different news bits here and there. What's on your mind right now? Uh, well, I, I, I wondered about that, right, as, as I sort of was cause wading back in, right? I was, there's been so much has happened since I've been, like I said, we went through since draft, know. we went through expansion, we went through free agency. Like, well, you just it, talked it, about the, it. We've been through some expansion sitting lakeside here with the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exactly the, right. The dessert, yeah, so. I've been home for a while now, and uh, the gyms are back open, and uh, he's contracting again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm back where I need to be. But yeah, the, the Olympics, like. There's been this tidal wave of sporting information that has rolled your way. And I've just sort of sat there on the side and I've been elsewhere. And then now it's like the tap has been totally, almost totally cranked off. Right. So, yeah, you've um, said that in a couple of emails. I just, I don't know how much I agree. Free agency was kind of interesting. That, that expansion thing though, that was a dog. Like, I get expansion is interesting because we don't do it that often, but who they took and what went, like, I don't know. I didn't find it anywhere near as interesting as Vegas. And I, maybe part of that is the GMs having learned a bit of a lesson and just saying, you know, just take our guy and be done with it. But I, I don't find that it was quite as the Olympics for sure is a, a right. once every four year thing that, and it's a tidal wave for two weeks of, of stuff going on. But as far as the hockey thing went, I, I don't know. It, to me, it was, didn't seem as, you know, as, it was, it was the metric ton yeah. of... But of like B moves. Yeah, but there was a pile of moves, right? There was a ton of moves that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're right. I watched the um, ESPN wade into yes. you know, their thing with, with they have these two polished shills. That stunk. Uh, terrible, yeah. yeah, right? Whereas Weeks was the only good guy on the thing, right? And yeah. They had him running around to all these places. Um, but yeah, and you looked at the team and went, okay, right. They got something else in mind and and they they obviously were looking for cap space and all that yep. all that stuff. And then now you look at it and go, oh, I'm not sure if you now most wisely spent that cap space that you had. But right. good for you. Um, it's funny though. They clearly didn't try to go competitive like Vegas did, but they might still be. Like that's such a shit division. <laughs> Can you say for sure 
that they won't be battling for a playoff spot at the end? Like, I don't know, but I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> like, that's a terrible division. Well, I, I think they're they're in that 4-5 spot. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, for sure. And I think it's the it's the Winberg trade. Winberg signing that's going to put them right over the shot. Of course, man. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, the draft, you know, I, 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 I sat here and, and I, was, I was watching it. And it's another one of those moments when, when they announced the Senators pick at 10. And you're like, I get it. I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a year when nobody really knew, yep. right? And they're like, oh, it could be wildly fluctuating. And you're like, you've taken somebody who was 25th in, in, in you know, Central scouting and... Well, did they not do it again in the second, like their 40th yeah, pick? Yeah, three times. Yeah, the, yeah. the first three picks were all Deep. picks of guys yeah. who were who were ranked way back. Yep. And you're like, now you know what, Trent Mann? I, yeah, I, maybe I'm, he's I'm earned just, it a little. Maybe I'm just going to say, you know, whatever. And, and clearly Ottawa has a love of the NTDP, right? They, yep. they certainly love their Americans. and But I'm like, if if people are comparing Boucher to... Josh Anderson, I you know I like Josh Anderson, but I'm not sure that's my f- first round pick, tenth overall. <laughs> now again, I, I've said it to you a bunch of times. I hated the Hosa pick, probably all my one of my all time favorite senators. Right. Didn't like the Havlat pick. Usually, if I don't like the pick, I wanted Zadina. They took Kachuk. Right. I, I usually. <laughs> Rob's not a strong draft guy. <laughs> this is exactly, and, and Rob's telling you right up front in every year. If Rob dislikes the pick, it likely means it's going to be a good pick. But I was like, they announced it, and I'm like, who? I have no idea who this guy is. So, yeah. I, I, I'm interested, though, in all the things that have happened in the teams. Did you see the article in The Athletic uh, in the last couple of days about they were comparing the Stanley Cup odds from July 10th to now sort of post after all this yeah and they're they're just looking at who's had the greatest increase and decrease in the odds i haven't seen that no okay anyways it was just interesting they talked there was a huge shuffling right but the teams that they they looked at that have the the biggest difference and this doesn't mean favorites no it just means these teams have moved the most from 12th most likely to 8th most likely or whatever right and and it's it's it was so interesting i can't remember but but <laughs> Chicago no Chicago was the number one team right in terms of 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 percentage moves after right. with getting Flurry in there and uh, Seth Jones Seth and, Jones and so yeah intriguing what they've done what the Flyers have done um, there's been some in- interesting stuff uh, I'm, I'm still not sure you know with all those movings and and Carolina what what they've done and and just a lot of interesting hockey things that have to me. As, as a hockey geek, and, and you're a hockey geek, yep. right? So to me, there's been so much tinkering. I was I was up at the cottage, and they had Wi-Fi, but I'm scrolling through on, on signing day, and I'm like, what? There's just like so much shit going on, and I'm like, yeah. Well, we'll the, have the time Dougie to Hamil- go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. No, well, I was Dougie just going to say was- Dougie Hamilton and Seth Jones and Darnell Nurse and whatever, all of a sudden, as a Leaf guy makes you go, Oh God! I wish Kyle would have made his decision on Morgan Riley already, right? Like, because the price just went way up for sure. Yeah, for sure. And 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 if you look at the Oilers, and I was just looking at the roster this afternoon, I was scrolling through it, and I'm like, I like some of the things they've done. Yep. Like, I, to me, I, I get it; they're in a shitty division. But then you look at the back end, and you're like, ah, I'm not. 
And the goaltending, you're like, I can tell I you how the Barry CC top four right pair defense thing works. It's not great. It's yeah, who are we going to see? Are we going to see Ottawa Toronto CC? Right. Or are we going to see Pittsburgh CC, which to me was a much different Cody CC? Well, it was also a much differently used Cody CC. So, yep, perfect. And, and we both agree with that, right? Yeah. That you got to use him in a non offensive. Oh, you'll be shutdown, non-shutdown. How about not use them at all? (laughs) Anyways, there's just so many things, and and like buckshot, Matt. You've asked me, and my mind has exploded, and I'm all over the place. You did the HA Dean thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, also known here as the Rob thing. Right. Um, Why don't we talk? Since we're in the hockey place, anyway. Uh, this past week, Henrik Lundqvist announces his retirement. Um, last year, he went to Washington, ends up having some issues with his heart, which is scary as shit. Um, towards the end of the year, he does get back skating. He's hoping to play again, but I guess sort of just deciding after the way that went and you've left the team that you're associated with anyway, um, the guy hangs him up. Interesting guy, and, and I sent you some stats, and they're all cherry-picked, right? Because that's what you do. Between this era and that era, he's this. and But, you know, in that kind of era where he was known kind of as the best he ever was in terms of a playoff goalie, that kind of 2010, 2011 through 2015 run where the Rangers do go to a Stanley Cup final, uh, they do win a few rounds, he's a 930 goalie in that point and 953 in elimination games, which is nothing to sneeze at. Um but if you go back to more traditional arguments, and, and they're legit, no Stanley Cups, one Stanley Cup final, I think as we are now in a world of you know, 31, 32 teams, it's getting harder to judge guys based on their cups, and that's something that we're having to move off of a little bit. But when you think of a guy like Henrik Lundqvist, does that say Hall of Fame to you? Where are you at on his career? Well, Matt, mm. here in Ottawa... We call one cup final appearance and a couple of conference <laughs> final appearances and 400 plus goals. We call that a Hall of Fame career. So, oh, and, it's the, yeah. and, and an Olympic gold medal. Yeah, that's true. So, and Lundquist has one of those too. Got a silver medal as well. As does, uh, yeah. Yeah. So to me, I can say that you draw the direct yeah, correlation sure. between Alfie. To, we love that to, guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. And he's handsome as hell. Yes. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Got those piercing eyes. Like, yeah. what are you gonna do, man? <laughs> um, yeah, I think Henrik Lundqvist is a is a is a Hall of Famer, and it's 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 in the same thing we talk about with Luongo, mm-hmm. Curtis Joseph, right? These guys who. As of right now, Carey Price, right? I think it was Steve Dangle in that Steve yep. Dangle tweet, right? Who, who, who brought that up? And, and you look at that and say, does anybody not think, you know, already Price has above 400 regular season wins. That's not worth nothing in this, in this as you say, 32-team, 30-plus team NHL. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think, his, I think his, he's got a Vezina in there as well. He's he one is. of those guys that's almost like by feel, right? Like that, and, and to me, that's getting harder and harder to find. It's just this guy just seems like because I don't know how to measure the save percentage of one goalie in in twenty fourteen versus Grant Fuhrer in nineteen eighty four or whatever it might be. Right? Those are hard to compare. And Lundqvist just kind of feels like one of those guys who was so good for so long that you're like. Yeah, without the cup final or without the the Stanley Cup ring, I still kind of feel like 
I think that guy goes in just based on how long he did it and at what level. Yeah, and I think when you look at and, and we've had this conversation here at Talkan Audio, we call it the Mark Recchi conversation. Yes, we Were you ever the best at your position in a, in a five year period? Right. Were, were you ever? And I think it's safe to say that Lundqvist was certainly in that conversation. Yep. In that sort of 08, 13, 9, 14, whatever that range is, yep. right? I think you're certainly. He is in that conversation, and he is now the winningest European goalie in the mm-hmm. NHL history, passing Hasek, right? Like, yep. now, I'm taking Hasek every yep. day. In, in a, well, that was uh, one of the other stats that came out when I was looking into this was uh, you referenced Luongo, and he is a, an appropriate comparable. Neither he or Lundqvist ever led the league for one full season in best save percentage. Hasek did it for six straight years. <laughs> Yeah, just like well, the more yeah. times we talk about these, right? What what's Carey Price still worth in his contract? And Hendrik Lundqvist is retiring. What's his legacy? Every time, and and it it to me because I'm a bit of a nerd for this stuff. It, you keep unearthing more and more statistics that just say, oh, and by the way, Dominic Hasek was the best goalie ever. Don't care about cups. Don't care about anything like the teams that he the the numbers he put up. If we had those numbers at the time, you just go, this guy is no one's yeah. ever been better. <laughs> How, how about how about sort of ninety three through ninety five Buffalo New Jersey playoff games like that going to third overtime <laughs> yes. at zero zero exactly. and you're like oh my god this is boring as fuck <laughs> um, but what about if you want to talk about about you know best seasons and whatever and I look at at a goalie who won a Vezina and a Hart in Jose Theodore mm-hmm. and he doesn't he can't hold the jockstrap of of Lundqvist or Luongo, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Right? So so your your singular great seasons, you got to look at the body of work. For no, I, I'm totally with you there. It is just interesting to think that we both think Luongo and Lundqvist are Hall of Famers, but neither one of them did it even one time. Kind of That is, I would throw it away if you did it once, like Theodore, and then disappeared again. But you would think somewhere in this run of dominance, just by chance, you'd have been the, the top save percentage goalie in the league, and they just weren't. It, well, and, and if you look at, at, at Lundqvist's, his, his, his golden era is, is under the Tortorella regime, right? Yeah. Shot blocking and, <laughs> and, and the premium put on on coming back to the house and, and 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 sacrificing body, when you look at Luongo, who did it in you know started with the Islanders, I think went to the Panthers, went to the, played on some bad Panther teams. That played weren't played on some them. on some bad teams. Period. Yeah. Now he was there were some good teams in, in Vancouver, but yep. not at the end. No, and I, I think yeah, it's interesting how we look at the whole thing, right? And you massage numbers and you massage things and. And you're, and you're lucky, Pekka Rene, to play under Tortorella. I mean, uh, Barry Trotz, yep. all those years, right? Like sometimes as a goalie, you luck into that's true to, diff, to different systems, right? And Just so being in the right place, at the right time. But to me, th- those numbers and and the and the consistent excellence, Hank Lundqvist, you, my friend, are a Hall of Famer. There you go. No, I agree. I I think, like you say, if you, someone else will go through and handpick a bunch of stats that say why he isn't but to me as a just a gut feel guy right like yeah that to me that's a that's a hall of fame goaltender so yeah well we'll meet you in the 7-eleven parking lot and we'll fight <laughs> right here in bob cage <laughs> <laughs> 
there's no Seven Eleven. It's kind of a a hasty mart or something yeah. down a the hasty scale. Market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think the lead singer from Helix back yeah, in the exactly. day is working right now. <laughs> Out in front of the hasty market, things are going to get at feisty market for sure. They, so. they do. And uh, you know what? Bob Cajun in the summertime, things can get wild. <laughs> um, the CFL up and running, man. Uh, the Red Blacks go down again. Uh, one and one. So not a disastrous start. The defense has looked in both games outstanding. Really good. And the offense has been ooh. really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. I wonder, kind of just in general, the scoring has been down across the league, and, and people are saying, you know, with all the time off, it does sometimes take a while for the offense to catch up to the defense. And I'm willing to agree with that as a general statement across the league. I am concerned about Ottawa <laughs> itself. Uh, what have you thought of the first couple weeks of the CFL here? Well, it's, it's when you look at, at Nichols, friend of the show. Yep. Um, we still love you, bud, but. Yeah, well, okay. Come on. We, not only do we still love you, we we would like to actually throw our hat in the ring to audition for the O line. <laughs> They're getting because to him. Because Nichols is on the ground yeah. all the time, and 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 you know what? He has never been the fleetest of foot. No. But man, he's got no protection, and and I think we all knew this, right? With with the way things shook out with the Mateus and uh, leaving late and yep. Alex Mateus and. And just the holes in the offensive line, but man, that guy is exposed. Well, when and, you're and, already and, worried about his health, this is not the way to make sure he makes it through the season. Like just to have yeah. him getting hammered five, six times a game. Like, yeah. And and so to me, the the Edmonton game, that's a that's an IKEA start the car moment, <laughs> right? Like when the opposition throws for 400 yards and you come away with a win. Yeah. And you throw for 71? <laughs> like, th- that is one of those things where, yeah, the D played great. Yeah. I think what we see... Now, I believe they lost uh, Saturday night to Saskatchewan, who yes. who may be the best, if not the second best team in, yeah. in the Only CFL. Only undefeated team left at this point. Yeah. And, and if you look at that, it's... They went into, they went into Regina and they played very well mm-hmm. defensively, but... This team, if they can't if they can't get any blocks for Nichols, man, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a two and twelve season. Yeah, um, what have you made of the fact? Is there anything to be read in? I mean, we're only three weeks in, but Saskatchewan is now the only undefeated team left. But we're seeing quarterbacks all over the place go down. Guys getting first career starts. Canadians getting into some uh, some QB action. Ottawa guys, I think. Is it? Should we read anything into the fact that it's there's been a year off, or is it just it's kind of a freak start and everybody's just sort of finding their way? Or how do you feel about it? Yeah, no, I I think it's it's when you look at the and this is the thing, right? We all sort of clamored for the start of of the CFL, right? And and especially the diehards, right? You want to see you want to see it back, right? Yeah. All this XFL, CFL, blah 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 blah. And you're like, okay, it's back on the field and we're good to go. And But the reality is in the economics of the game, right, this is where we're starting to see it, right, where guys are saying, man, my, my wages, which were already super small, are now going to be slashed even more. Yep. And you have guys saying, yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. And, and, and so I think you're seeing it across the board 
on the protection issues for quarterbacks because they're all back because they're the guys making the primo cash sure, as yeah. far as CFL primo cash goes. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I think we would all, when we stop and have that sobering second thought, you go, yeah, it's not really surprising that these guys are being exposed and yep. suffering. I, I think it comes down to the economics more than the two-year layoff, in my opinion. Are you enjoying the games? Because we saw that explosive start in terms of ratings. Like, they were up 31% from 2019. There's no league in the sports world right now that ratings are up during just the general, you know, what are we calling it? The uncabling, or I, I've already forgotten the term, but um, where people are moving online and cutting their cable, cable cutters. There you go. Um, and then the pandemic seems to have pulled down ratings across most sports. The CFL was up huge, and absence makes the heart grow fonder, so maybe that's all it was the first week, but but they held strong in week two. But most of the games I'm watching, uh, maybe it's just, to me, That's I wonder if the quality of play has suffered a little bit in terms of, of the layoff. You're right, The maybe the injuries and the fact the quarterbacks are getting hit so hard um, is maybe more of an economic thing because of the number of guys doing the hard work on the line that didn't come back, but... Just in general, I the games to me really haven't been that good. Well, you and Dean, you and Dean talked about you and Dean Brown talked yeah. about you know it used to be the fact that it was a throwing game, mm-hmm. right? You would have these 36, 31 games, right? Like they were, whereas you would see a. 15-12 game in there or yeah. a 17-12 game in the NFL, right? And you, it was, it's, it's, this game is predicated on moving the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and when you, when you see quarterbacks not at their best or not the best quarterbacks playing, right? this game with only two cracks at it, yeah, it, 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 it is harder. Gets ground to a halt in a hurry like <laughs> for sure when you're when your team goes two and out yeah. seven times in a row <laughs> it is soul sucking for a fan where you're like hey there's season three survivor reruns going on somewhere <laughs> click what's richard hatch up or, to these days <laughs> yeah this is it oh good for you man um yeah or you know i understand they're they're sort of relaunching a little diners drive in and dives right they're doing a retrospective cm Punk awesome. back in wrestling food network here i go <laughs> yeah i love i'm mad i was i i was waiting i i was watching the jays game yesterday and i'm like oh for christ's sake it's SummerSlam tonight okay <laughs> oh, i'm gonna have i'm gonna have to deal with this shit tomorrow i whatever. i didn't watch it didn't uh well, let me tell you matt but but so the idea of the CM Punk return, yeah. and you said to me you're like biggest return of the weekend, which clearly is is Rob returning Obviously. to Tall Can Audio. Yeah, oh, okay, it is. okay. I thought we were it framing is. this as it. our return, but no, it's Rob's <laughs> return. I see the cult okay, of personality. Yes, yes, you've never left. I was gone for a week and a half. The people missed me too, man. I, I no, the people miss you like. The day after the recording, obviously, man. yeah, yeah. The voice is silky and it's like honey <laughs> in your, you know, in your ears. Um, but the reality is, I you said that to me, and I'm like, yeah, is it bigger than The Rock coming back? Well, you can come back this weekend. Okay, 
All right. And so it was just this weekend. It yeah. was just a shot at me. The return everyone was talking about this weekend. Obviously, Rob returning to TCA, not yeah. CM Punk returning to wrestling. And you won't know the difference or give a shit, but CM Punk returned to the competition, not to the company that was having SummerSlam this weekend. So uh, that was oh. why it was so shocking, right? Was that uh, they, they got him into the new, uh, in with the cool new kids. And uh, he says he's never, he doesn't want to so work sorry. at Vince anymore. So, sorry, where did he return to? All Elite Wrestling, AEW, and uh, they're over on oh, TNT. Oh, that's the one you see on TSN. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm here in Canada, it's on TSN. Um, so, it's like a, a new upstart. Uh, yeah, no, I, I see it, and I immediately turn the, turn the channel. Yes, of course, but there's um, a, that was a hell, of a hell of a pop he got when, uh, when Cult of Personality hit. I, well, and I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's kind of, it's, it's a bit like when Gaslight Anthem plays Bob O'Reilly. Yeah, there you go, like... Out of nowhere, here it comes, right? And then the fans love it. You're like, that's not even a, that's not even a gaslight tune, right? But yeah, it's the biggest pop of the show. Yep. Um, okay. Sorry, man, I didn't mean didn't that. didn't catch SummerSlam though. Although I did see Brock Lesnar also returned after being away for a year and a half. He's back on their show. So all right. And and, and my question to you was in a wrestling slash non wrestling uh, you know sort of way. Yeah. CM Punk coming back to wrestling, Brock Lesnar coming back to wrestling is is a is a success or mm. it's a failure. It's a lot like Ken Shamrock or Tank Abbott leaving mixed martial arts, <laughs> going to wrestling yeah. and then trying to make your re-entry back or not and you're like is that the is that the real signal that your career is done in whatever organization you're you're working in? Yeah, the 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 seeming the the appearance that it it's you coming crawling back. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm coming back. Uh, Brock, I would say, you know, at the time, no one thought he would fight again, right? He started in WWE, went into the UFC, um, and had uh, the diabetic diabetic though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and and showed he could do it. And when they said you can't fight anymore, he was like, "All right, well, I'll go do this." And they gave him yeah. a sweet deal to wrestle like six times a year or whatever for a couple million dollars, and he was happy enough with that. I don't know that he. And then he does end up fighting again for the UFC uh, a couple times, I think. So I don't know whether his is viewed as much as a a failure. Punk. Yeah. He he left wrestling because he hated being on the road he hated the wwe lifestyle all that stuff but he said he was going to become a fighter and he got his ass kicked a couple times and it it didn't go well as a guy who wanted to go and and try it i respect him right most people don't get to go try it on the biggest stage in the world that there is in that sport but i don't blame him for taking dana's money right and and dana believing he'd sell some pay-per-views and he did and he did right so but now him coming back to wrestling, you could call that a failure if, if you wanted to. And he's coming back to the other league now, which is supposedly more of, you know, if you believe in wrestling as an art form or whatever, it's less corporate, right? He, he feels like he's going somewhere that will let him do his thing better. But he looked, I, I, I won't lie, he looked old and he looked small. Right. Um, you know, this he may, he may need a couple paydays too, and that may be why he's back. But if we're calling well, one of them a loser and one of them a winner, Brock's the winner. Yeah, yeah. And really, all I was talking about was the feel. Yep. The feel. And you've addressed that, right? And and so to me, it's like if you look at The Rock. Yes. When he comes back, you never feel like. He needs to. 
he needs to. He's coming back because it's like, and it has that same. I get a pop kick out of this or, for a bit. And, yeah. yeah, you know what? And, and you, so it doesn't have that same feel. No, it doesn't. Is it, really all I was looking at, right? And so, but the hardcore wrestling fans don't give him the same pop that Punk just got. Like Punk has always been one of those. If you're a wrestling nerd, you really respect the way he did it and the way he shoved it up Vince's ass and said, "I don't need you," and I can go do something else. And and did like and and didn't return to. Um, there's some talk that the reason Brock Lesnar returned to SummerSlam this weekend was we need to overshadow this other group that's right. trying to get up and going, uh, right? So we'll I throw totally that. Yeah, we'll throw a million bucks at Brock to show up on Saturday night. Stop the talk about CM Punk right then and right there, and uh, you know get the attention back on our show. And so we'll see. It's it's an interesting kind of circus that they run, but. Uh, yeah, I don't blame Punk for maybe wanting to take one more run and and do it with the other guys. But uh, yeah, if certainly Brock is the one who has played this better than anyone ever has in terms of you know building up a bidding war at times between Vince and Dana, and then <laughs> ending up signing with Vince and then telling him. I'm still going to go fight, though. Like, this is... I, and then I'm going to go home and have a Coors Light yes. <laughs> and get on top of my wife because Bud Light never gave me mm-hmm. anything. Awesome, man. Loved the yeah, well, And again, I, that's probably the second time in two months I've dropped that, but it's gold. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know, man. We'll see what it means, if anything. But uh, it, it was the... On Friday, that was the return everyone was talking about until Sunday when uh, when you rolled back to town, man. Thanks, man. Um, do you want to talk a little Blue Jays before we get out of here? Blue Jays! Uh, it appeared when they rolled back into the Sky Dome at the end of July, got the clearance to play at home, made a couple of really nice seaman moves there at the trade deadline, uh, went 9-2 and two on that first homestand, went out and pissed it away with a 3-8 and eight road trip. Um, last I saw... They were in extra innings today in the rubber match with the Tigers. 5-3 Tigers. Oh, for Christ's sake. In 11. Yeah, that's gross. Um, Drop 2-3 to Detroit uh, back here this week. Man, I don't blame them. and I, I'm on record. I said it. I, I liked the, the Jose Barrios pickup at the time. I didn't mind the idea that they were going to take a run with it. Uh, at it this year, but they had him moving forward for next year, and I think the team, with their play over the the couple weeks leading up to the trade deadline, had earned that boost, right? That, uh, you know, we believe in you, and you've done enough, we're going to try and get you uh, a little help here, but man, it's any any ground that it seemed like they were climbing on that first homestand, they've sort of pissed away. I, I don't really know what to make of them right now, and it's not even just the George Springer thing, because the offense has dried up almost completely with or without him like see the thing is tell me what if the you thing look is. if if you what's that tell me what the thing is the thing is matt <laughs> you look at they have the, the season marcus simeon is putting up yep and i i was blown away watching the game yesterday when when they announced that he is only the second middle infielder to hit 30 home runs for the blue jays did you see that i didn't Probably behind the uh, the guy whose name shall not be mentioned. Is that what we're? Uh... No, go ahead. Who do you think has? Who well, do you I thought think it was Roberto he... Alomar. But... I would have thought it was Roberto Alomar too, but it is not. Okay, Felipe so Crespo, <laughs> Jose Cruz yes. Jr. No, he's not a middle infielder. No, of course not. Homer Bush. Name. Yes. 
Uh, no. no, and it's okay. not Alex Gonzalez no. either. If that's where you're going either next, of the Alex Gonzalez is, is, is. It's Aaron Hill. Is it really? Only middle infielder for the Jays to have 30 plus home How runs before that? Marcus Simeon. Never would have guessed that. Okay, well, I'm, see that uh, this guy's I'm bringing gonna, it. Welcome back. I'm huh? going to drop the mic and walk away. That's it. Forget it. Oh, uh, I saw it on the show yesterday, issues. and then I saw it on Sports Center this morning. So yep. it's everywhere, and likely everybody listening to it, other than you. Yes, I didn't watch the game that. Saturday. Um, yeah, if if you look at it, Matt, and and I watched Friday in its entirety, Saturday in its entirety, and then I watched move eighty percent of today's right, uh, right up until Cabrera hit his five hundredth home run. I was thinking about this because um, there was a poll put out that who do you think had had gone the uh, the longest between because he'd been hanging a long time on four ninety nine right I think he'd gone sixty five at bats um, maybe it was forty nine at bats and they were saying who was the guy who went the longest and a lot of people were voting for Alex Rodriguez and I was as well because I was on this. Um, this baseball tour back in 2007, we got to go to Shea Stadium, we went up to Cooperstown, we went to Yankee Stadium, and the day before the Yankees were coming home from this road trip, um, we did a tour of Yankee Stadium, and the guy was saying that like staff around the ballpark were getting excited that he hadn't yet hit his, uh, his 500 while on this five-game road trip. They thought, oh my God, he's going to come home, he's going to get to do it at Yankee Stadium. So we go the next day, uh, expecting or hoping that he will do it 500 in this first game back at Yankee Stadium. The Yankees win 13 to 5. Eight guys hit home runs for the Yankees. <laughs> he is not one of them. <laughs> and so the next day, of course, after we move on, he does hit the uh, the 500. So it, it just rung in my head that he had waited a long time, a lot of uh, plate appearances. But uh, he, I thought I thought you were going to say who has the face that most looks like melted. Plastic. Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, there you go. Okay. That's got to be the guy. It was good enough for J-Lo. Yeah. Briefly. Uh, well, I, I, and every time I was like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Her? Could, yeah, her. For okay. sure, man. Her. <laughs> um, although her, her caboose is a little larger than what I normally go in for, but whatever. Allowances. Yep. For sure, man. Everybody, hey, you can't pick your thing. Right. Um. But if you look at the Jays doubling back, to oh right, you, the Blue Jays, where, where you first asked me that question, and and on your trip, great trip, mm-hmm. but is is Shea Stadium to Yankee Stadium? Is that like going to the Prudential Center and then making your way to Madison, Madison Square, Square Garden? Sure. Um, both of them were scheduled to be closed at the time within the next year or two, so that was okay. why we had uh, chosen to go yep. at that point, I, and it was the time that. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr. was getting inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, so this also included the trip up to uh, Cooperstown to see that, and it ended up being the biggest crowd ever. Obviously, Baltimore was within driving distance, and and so people yeah. made the trip. It turned out to be an awesome trip. You're right. Like, when we went to Shea on the very first night of the tour, we flew into Newark or whatever it was, um, and the the charter group was staying at the hotel that night. So you load on this bus, and you show up at Shea. It's just a shithole of, yeah. of a ballpark. I, I totally get it. Um, um, and then over at Yankee Stadium, you know, it's still a shithole that's 100 years old, but it's Yankee Stadium. Yeah, and uh, But it's a 100-year-old shithole full of history. Yes, exactly. It, it's totally like different. To, like the Forum. Yes. Right? It was and awesome. So, um, but if you look at watching all three of these Jays games this weekend. I should have done that. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but the Tigers, 
the Tigers have outside of their first month of the season. Yes, they're above. They're five playing. Minutes. They're playing like five fifty ball. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a bad team. But you can't the keep t- scoring one run a night. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And 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 that very much celebrated. Like if you look at the pitching efforts in these three games between Ray, Ryu, and then Matt's today. Yeah. Three killer starts put down. Robbie Ray and, became the first guy since Marcus Stroman in 2019 to go eight innings for the Blue, or 2018, I believe, go eight innings, and he was killer. And to watch that just disintegrate in the extras. 11, 11 strikeouts, no walks. Yeah, which was Robbie the book Ray. on him. Like, apparently, yeah, sure was. When control problems. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, yeah, he and Simeon don't have contracts for next year, right? Hello. Um, That's the problem with a lot of these career years right now. Like, there's going to be some heavy lifting in the offseason, whether. I'm not sure whether either of those guys will be back or not, but you're you said it, man. Those these career years out of Robbie Ray, out of Marcus Simeon, Stephen Matz, like lots of these guys that are playing right now at a pace that you can't necessarily count on them playing again next year, if yeah. they're going to be here at all. Like the fact that you're not capitalizing on that is just brutal. See, to me, the, to me, of those three guys, uh, Simeon, this is the second time he's hit 30 home runs. Yep. Like to me, he is. This oh yeah, is he was not in a, the MVP conversation in 2019. Right. If if you look at they, and they, they flashed up his numbers at second base this year amongst MLB second basemen, first in WAR, first in OPS, mm-hmm. first in homers, first in, like he's just the Oscar first, too first, with first, the other first, guy. First, Sorry, first, first career. Yeah. Um, but so to me, uh, can Simeon do this again next year? Maybe not. But do I think he'll be a stud next year? Yes. But will he be a stud here? Is the okay, no, okay? But wait, Mats. Mats has got well. He would have had eleven wins today, but they pissed that away. So yeah. he's stuck at ten. Um, I think he is. He's probably a. He can do what he's done this year at ten wins. He can do that again. It's Robbie Ray with his like. Honestly, he's got to be in that Cy Young conversation. He's a top ten pitcher in the AL right now for sure. Well, and if you look at strikeouts, you look at wins, you look at earned run average, he's a top three pitcher yep. in the AL right now. And and that's a guy who I think of those three, now his numbers are the gaudiest, yep. but those are the numbers I think that are least likely to be replicated on a long-term contract that somebody's going to pay for, right? right. Like he's going to leave this season and somebody's going to say, yeah, I'll give you four years, a hundred million. Well, to me, that's misspent money because I'm not sure he's he's going to be able to, for four more years, do what he's done this year. The other two guys, I think, can be reasonable facsimiles of what they've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if, I can see that. All right. And doubling back to your initial question to me. I don't even remember what that was. Yeah, it's okay. CM Punk? It's my, yeah, no. <laughs> it's, my, it's my take on on the Jays and where they're at and what they're doing. If you look at under, under AJ Hinch, who's the, the, the manager of, of the Tigers yep. fresh off his, you know, suspension from his affiliation <laughs> with the, uh, the Astros. Shame. Shame. Yeah. These guys, where is the old Shane Bell? Honestly, that's a, that's a throwback, a throwback TCA bit. Um, this team executes fundamentals way better than Toronto does. Mm-hmm. Like to me, Toronto is a better team that got out fundamentaled by the Tigers. Like to me, when you look at Friday night, 
and you have men on first and second and nobody out, that's a, that is, I'm sitting here, uneducated baseball guy. All I've done is listen for, you know, and watch for 35 years. You're like, that's with no outs. That's a sack bunt situation where you go push those runners over and they don't do it. Right. I get it. I get it. It's, it's, you got your, the meat of the order up, let them swing, but it resulted in no fucking runs. Well, and when they do eventually pull Kirk, like AJ Hinch says in his post-game presser, he goes, they're not pulling Kirk to bring someone else in to hit. Kirk is the hitter. They're obviously, and I can't even remember, was it Valera that they brought in to bunt? It was Valera, yeah. And the first baseman is standing 10 feet from him. <laughs> like, blonk right to him. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, well, terrible. It, it, okay, and, and I am, again... I'm sitting there watching. Why do you not? Why do you not make the the direct transfer of of Kirk to Reese McGuire? Like I've seen Reese McGuire bunt single, yeah, twice this season. Yeah, like at, at least that tells me that's a guy who can lay down a bunt. Yeah, fundamentally sound. And so, to me, when you look at you know last week, you know on the double steal and Teoscar doesn't slide. Yeah. And and he runs past second base and gets tagged out. And and you know, on Friday night, Guriel has a chance at, at home plate and he fucking throws the ball twenty feet up the first base line. Yeah. You're like to me, this team <laughs> and, and, and so to me, Montoya, who they brought in because A, he's he's you know, he's Spanish speaking and he's spent forever in the minors. You know, like he can work with young guys. And and I know there's been a groundswell of anti-Charlie Montoya amongst Blue Jay Twitter. And 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 I'm full on with it now, right? In terms of, I'm not sure this guy is making good decisions. Yeah, I, I think Charlie Montoya is one of those guys that you bring in to be the manager during the rebuild. But you made moves at the deadline that said you no longer consider yourselves a rebuild. You're going for it. Well, you don't have a manager that 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 sells that to the team and um, or to your fan base, and we can argue all day over what you know whether what the fan base thinks matters or not. Um, but he's not making he's not filling anyone with confidence, and I don't think there's any chance they're going to get rid of him mid season. But I don't no, know no. that I would bring him back next year. I and I think he, I, I think he has one year left, but maybe you have to eat that um, and just move on because. Yeah, I think it's time, man. I think you need some more experience there, and, and fundamentally, they're not a, they're not a good baseball team when it comes to the fundamentals. And if we want to talk about the this season as a whole, they had a great run when George Springer returned, kind of June nineteenth through the end of July or whatever it might have been, a little past that, and and really got themselves back in the hunt. But the shit that they've been doing for the last two weeks is the stuff that they did for the first two months of the season, right? It was a horribly inconsistent approach. And some days they looked like world beaters and other days they looked like a little league team that didn't know how to run the bases. And maybe this year we got a little carried away, or maybe I did anyway. And and, and you just sort of sort of got swept up for those six weeks in how well they were playing and forgot the rest of the of the season and it's maybe you just are what you are. If you can't beat the Detroit Tigers, if you can't beat the Washington Nationals, uh, if you're getting swept in two game miniseries by the Washington Nationals, 
you know, maybe this is what they are right now. Maybe they're just not yeah. good enough to be a playoff team quite yet. And and that should be at least mildly frightening to the fan base because of the things that we talked about earlier, that this is with some guys absolutely redlining, right? Career highs. And not only do you need to replace that next year to be a playoff team, you're going to have to be better next year. Yeah. And, and the thing is, and, and we talked about this, like at one of my last shows five or six weeks ago, we talked about they are through the first six innings plus 145 runs yeah. over the opposition. Yeah. And in seven, eight, nine, they are a minus 25. Yeah. And so there are 12 if, games they were leading going into the eight that they've lost. You win half of those. There's a totally different wildcard conversation right now. Well, and they pissed away a half a game because the Red Sox and Yankees both got canceled out today. Right. So that is, and, and the, the Jays have games in hand. Yeah. But, but you were looking at, they're rolling in to a White Sox series starting Monday night, yep. tonight. And they're facing three guys, including Lynn, who's a, who's, who's a Cy Young leading candidate. Yeah, Lance Lynn but goes Monday. All three of those, all three of those guys that they're going to face this week are in the top five in strikeouts yeah. with with Ray and um, and um, Cole for yeah. the Yankees. Sure. Anyways, it's you're talking about they're going to face, this is going to be this four-game series against the White Sox. At the end of this, we'll be able to, we'll likely be able to put a, a cap on this season if they don't. Well, there are a ton of Roy, uh, Orioles games still to come. You got 10 left with the Orioles. Like there's, we'll We've see. lost a 17 in a row, I Ungodly. think. Ungodly. Just awful there too. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see. I think you're right. Like, but I, I think, you know, that when you came out of that homestand, nine and two, rolling that vibe, feeling, you know, bringing in those guys at the deadline, I think you were feeling like there's a really good shot here. Making up two, three games over the last 50 games of the year is no problem. But you've pissed away. Not only the games that you've pissed away, but the time, right? Like Five. The, yeah. Now it's, now it's down to five, and you have 40 games to go. Exactly. So, and three teams, I think, to jump over. I think it seems... Yeah, and this is this is what a baseball season does to you, right? It's ups yeah, and downs. It it's, it's whatever. It's a long year. But it, it seems... It seemed like when they were headed out from that nine and two road trip, like this team is as good as they've been for the last six weeks, and there's a really good chance they're going to make this interesting down the stretch. And here we are, ten days later, going, man, they don't look like that team at all right now, and they may not make this interesting. But you know what? Uh, an interesting thing, and I'm going to share it since you've been dockside and clearly uh... detached, man. Yeah, and, and and really, what it's calling out for is a Mr. Brown goes coconut. Yes. I'm not sure. I'm yes. not sure why that's not in your repertoire this weekend, Matt. But Matt at the cottage is that's what I think of. I think of a Mr. <laughs> Brown goes coconut. It's true. Um, it the stat they or the 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 nugget that they dropped on me and all oh, people who are watching nuggets all over us. <laughs> was this is Vladdy and Bo's first full year yep and i was like what and then you're like yeah man that's the short season last year mm -hmm. and then they came up sort of 
Vladdy came you know, up like six, eight weeks into the season, like everyone yeah, expected. Yeah, late, late April, early May, and, Bo, and was, Bo came up later. Yep. But yeah, you forget about that due to the pandemic that neither of these two guys have played a full major league season, right? right. And so you go, all right, I, I get this this stone cold thing. Like like Vladdy in his last, I don't know, 14 games is hitting below. Yeah. His weight. 200, right? Like he's, Which at one point was no problem, but... Yeah, but <laughs> if, if if you look at the way the whole thing is shaking out and Bo... Now, Bo had at least a couple hits today. It's... it's Yeah, it's one of those things where you Seasonal go... Seasonal grind on you, man. The evolution, man. And, and August rolls around, and, and I fully expect this team to make a huge push, right? I, I think once they... once they I, I, I predict a, a... There will be at least one more hot run. Well, I was going to say, I'm going to put it on the line here. I predict a split with the White Sox, right. which puts them further back than they need to be. I see a big September run, a hot, a hot you know, Springer's back, and they're going to push, and they're going to fall just short, and everyone's going to have boners across the board for the 2022 season. Boners across America. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm bringing. The least watched TV fundraisers <laughs> of all time. Well, and it's really, it's it's a Trump thing, and it's really boner across the red states. <laughs> uh, anything else you wanted to hit on this one, man? We've covered a lot Get of ground. Get vaccinated yeah. if you haven't. It. It's good advice, man. Honestly. We don't do that a lot here with the good advice. But, uh, no, it's <laughs> lots of advice. <laughs> yes. Very few bits of good advice. That's another episode of Tall Can Audio, man. We are, uh, as a group, me, the audience... We are mildly excited to have you back. And, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I, I appreciate that. But it is worth noting that next to Matt, I am number two on appearances, right? I am the Doug Jarvis. Rob's number two. Rob's number two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> you show that number two who's boss. It's true, man. Been here, what are we on? Episode 868. You've probably been here for at least... 750 of them. I don't know. It's a lot. It's, it's a, lot. a lot, Matt. It's a lot, for sure. It's a lot for oh, the listener. Hey, and, and one more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one more thing. Uh-huh. And we talked about post-vacation. And really, once you hit Labor Day, Labor Day is the true flipping of the calendar. Yep. Forget about New Year's. Who cares about that? You're <laughs> stuck in the middle of winter, and it just sucks. September 1st. Back to school. It, into Labor Day. Yeah, back to school for sure. It's that age-old, Rob has an appointment to get his hair cut. Bam! Wow. It's going to happen. 18 months in the making. Serious man bun on the way out the door. <laughs> and I can't wait, man. I can't wait. The worst it's machine basically. gun Kelly impersonator you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been harder to get a haircut than it has been to book my first vaccination appointment. That's probably true. Like, they're shoving the vaccines down everybody's throat. The haircut's still hard to come by. Man, oh, man. It's like, I'm booking, and they're like, we have September 14th. And I'm like, what? This was in May. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll take it. But, yes, that is the biggest news. I can't wait. I cannot wait to get a haircut. Speaking of uh, losing some weight after the vacation, a couple pounds coming off on September 14th. <laughs> As the curls hit the floor. Yeah, the curls, that honestly, well, and it's, it's, the worst part is, that doesn't matter. Can't wait for the haircut. 
All right. Uh, on that note, we'll wind this one down. Michaela's back on Thursday morning for her usual slot as well. Um, I think that's about it. We're on Twitter and Instagram at All Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. We will see you all next time. See ya! Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCan Audio on your favorite podcast app.